0: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSC. Clap,
1: clap, clap, clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands podcast.
0: Hosted by Elliot Shure-Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. So... We agree, Embiid is playing at an all-time historic kind of level from what we've seen in Philly sports, all those things. For me, and I think it's probably for you the case as well, Iverson is the gold standard for me as a sixter. As an athlete, he was my favorite growing up. All his shoes, all his jerseys, all those things. Like he, for me, you know, we both do this professionally now, but he's the athlete I feel like, you know, I'm still not able to be rational about because of growing up and liking him, right? But I think there's now real conversations to be had about is Embiid going to pass Iverson as on the Sixers all time list. If you look at what he's doing this year and it's because of the MVP, which made me think of it. I did some research comparing like the 01 Iverson to Embiid this year. And first of all, what's crazy about it is Embiid is basically taking the same type of shots. Like Iverson didn't take a ton of threes. He took a lot of mid ranges and then he was not as much as the rim at the rim as Embiid was but he drove quite a bit as well. And if you look at Iverson that year and what he did, Embiid's been better, right? In in 2001, Iverson had between 30 and 39 points, 18 times. Embiid this year and after tonight, 27 times. So considerably more times, right? Iverson was 50 plus points, two times. Embiid 50 plus points, two times. So when I think of Iverson in 01, I think about explosive scoring. I think about carrying the team as a scorer, right? Like, my favorite type of scoring because of how I grew up watching it, driving to the, all those things. That's what Embiid is. And Embiid's been better at it, right? So I think it's, it's if Embiid can get to the finals this year or if he can get to the conference finals and he wins MVP, I don't know, man. As much as I love Iverson, I think it, I think it like this will be the best Sixers season I've seen in my lifetime from a player.
1: So let me preface this by saying that I grew up wearing Iverson sneakers. Yeah. There are some old pictures of me wearing headbands and all oh, kinds yeah. of other shit emulating Allen Iverson. Like, he is a big part of why I got into basketball in the first place. Joel is better than him. Like, peak to peak is better than him. There are two things separating them that one, he'll never be able to clear, one is within his power. The one that he can clear is just the playoff stuff, right? If Joel leads them on on one single finals run, he will have been both a better player and have equaled Allen Iverson's playoff output, right? And so that is just what you just said about all the scoring stuff. And then you stack them up next to each other and say, look, Iverson had, he he could dart into passing lanes and, and disrupt plays on defense. They did some interesting things with that team in 01 where they would full court press where, you could use him there and maybe not uh, deal with as much of his weaknesses in the half court, whereas Joel like, is the Sixers' defense and is a high-level defensive player in an era that is not suited for defense. Right. So to be a very good defensive player now versus Iverson being an okay, occasionally impact, impactful defender in a defense-first era speaks a lot to the the gap between them in in defensive value. Mm -hmm. So if you're just talking about pure value and overall skill set, Joel is better. But again, I 100% agree with anyone who says, unless he can do that in the playoffs, unless he can match that sort of run, it doesn't have to be the same kind of run where he carries the team on his back. Like he needs James, he needs Tyrese, he needs all these other guys. But if he can go on a finals run, he will surpass Iverson whether it's now or, you know, years down the road, he like, he just is better the, the where tough, I think it will be yeah, tough ahead, ahead. where it will be tough for him to ever pass Iverson, whether it's locally or from a like national basketball, bleh, basketball perspective right? is the cultural cachet? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think people understand, like I get into this with the black Sixers jerseys all the time. Those jerseys are horrendous. But people think they're fucking cool because Allen Iverson. I love them. They only think they're cool because Allen Iverson wore them and made them look cool. He might be the single coolest player in the history of the NBA. Like, Real
0: quick, quick. what's crazy is I have an authentic Iverson of those black jerseys, right? Like the ones that, that are cut. And the fact that they played in essentially like silk, Back then, I mean, the thing was like it goes up to here. I mean, mine's is like a three XL, of course, because that's what I wore back then. But like the fact they played in those, like cooler, uh, and cool or not, just the technology—it's insane to think Iverson walked and played, probably played in a game with like ten pounds of sweaty silk on his body compared to what they play it now. It's it's pretty wild.
1: The picture I always show people there is a a picture of Iverson talking to Matt Geiger in. Mm-hmm. those black Sixers uniforms and whenever people argue with me about those jerseys I always say Allen Iverson in this jersey compared to what you look like in this jersey (laughs) you are Matt Geiger most people put on that jersey and look like an asshole but Allen Iverson looked cool because everything he did was cool he's like a cultural one of one and at the time took like an absolute beating and he has said as much in the years since From David Stern and people outside the league for, you know, being him and being unapologetically black, honestly, at a time when a lot of the basketball watching public was not really ready for that. And so he resonates in ways that go so far beyond basketball. And I'm not saying that Joel doesn't have a compelling story or ways to connect with
0: people. Right, but he's not He's not He's the face of the league. Like people don't really love Joel outside the city. Iverson was the most popular player in the NBA for arguably like two or three years. Joel's never but, been. I mean,
1: he just he had a level of crossover appeal that I don't think Joel is ever going to hit. And I do think there was a some of it is with the game too locally, where I think Iverson just represented Philly more than Joel because mm-hmm. one is a guy who's. A little guy, like I've stood in a room next to Alan Iverson. There's not a fucking chance that guy was even six feet tall. Dude, that
0: dude, he's like my height. I've stood next to him and he probably has an inch on me and I'm, you know, 5'9", five, 5'8", five, whatever. He is not, he is I'm not. Comfortably, I'm comfortably,
1: I'm yeah. comfortably taller than Alan Iverson yeah. having, you know, talked to him and what have you. And so the fact that that guy was able to carve out not just a, a great NBA career, but an MVP level career and go toe-to-toe with the Lakers, with Shaq and Kobe at their absolute apex, and, and, you know, so on down the line. I just think that that's a story that resonates here more than it does almost anywhere else. Like, he's just the epitome of a, you fall down seven times, get up eight, he's getting fouled, getting fouled, and he still marches back to the line, fell on his own sword so many times. Like, it's going to be hard for Joel to ever be there. But if he wins, I think he can probably erase all of that. And people will say, that's the best guy I ever saw play for the Sixers.
0: Well, I think it's, it's a little bit like Jordan and LeBron in the way that LeBron, you can make the argument, is a better basketball player than Jordan, right? And I think, and you can make an argument is that a better career in some ways, in terms of accomplishments, obviously not rings. But why LeBron will never really pass Jordan is because he's chasing a ghost. Like, Jordan is the goat. He's the sneaker guy. Like, he is just an insurmountable person to pass. I used to think that was the case with Iverson. And I think that ties into all what you're saying about how popular he is. Like they're like Embiid's chasing a ghost for me at least when it comes to Iverson. But again, this season is better than Iverson's MVP season in terms of regular. Like Embiid has been better this year than Iverson was in 01. Whether that will translate to playoff success, yeah, we'll we'll say this every pod. Who knows? And it'll dictate how we feel. But I think the ultimate compliment I can give him be like we did it 25 minutes of, is he the best player in the league? Like the best compliment I can give him beat is I think he's better than Iverson. And for me, like that, that's the ultimate praise.
1: Well, and so to your point on, uh, on chasing the Jordan ghost, the way I always say that to people is that the reason that for a lot of people, Jordan will never be surpassed is that his career is essentially a sports movie yeah, if you if you brought that to a movie studio, they'd they'd laugh at you and be like, this is too cliche. It's like, oh, this guy retired at the peak of his powers, his father, his father was murdered. He went to play baseball as like part of a way to connect to his father that he lost. And then comes back out of basketball shape, gets humbled by what looks like the next generation Shaq and Penny and then has the single greatest season of all time from an NBA team perspective and wins three straight titles and then retires again on a game-winning shot right. <laughs> against the guy who won MVP over him. It's like, there's just no way. There's there's no way to beat that. And then they made a documentary about it. And, you know, I have my issues with how they did it, but it, there's just no way to surpass that. In the minds of the people who live through Michael Jordan's career arc, it's just so it's just an upward trajectory, right? He lost and he lost and he lost until he won for the first time. And then he basically never lost again. And and so that's, it's the epitome of what we want in basketball, right? Yeah, We don't care if you struggle in the first, second, and third quarters, if you're able to bring it home in the fourth. And if, if you're looking at Jordan's career, the whole
0: fourth quarter is just dominance. That's all it was. So one last beat question, and then we'll talk about the Cavs game because I do want your takeaways on non-beat stuff from that game. But we were texting during the game, me and uh, and the producer James, about like what players have we seen play at this level. And first of all, the response you gave me, you could have told told me to guess fifty athletes, and I would have never in a million years <laughs> guessed this would have been the suggestion you you put back. Right? You put back like prime Eric Lindros. Just like I just no. You don't strike me as a hockey guy, but I respect your overall sports. I knowledge. went to
1: a lot of hockey games growing up for yeah. long, short version of the story is a friend of my dad's, their family's one of the original season ticket holders for
0: the Flyers. Wow. So
1: we ended up going to like a decent amount of games.
0: Flyers games are actually really awesome in person. Like I don't like hockey or understand actually funny story. When I first started doing sports writing, I had to cover a Flyers game and this couldn't be more on brand for me. My story that night was an article, like a legit article, not a bit, not a sarcastic thing saying they needed to shoot more. Like that was my take from the game. (laughs) Like it wasn't like, this will be funny for Twitter. It was like, that was my actual take that they should shoot more, but hockey games are fun. I think they're underrated. The flyers suck, but they are fun. But to the original question in our lifetime, like, cause you know, I don't want to go back that far to like, Wilt, who's basically a fictional character, but in our lifetime, how many athletes have we seen play better than Joel is right now? Like 17 went was really good, but he tore his ACL. So it's, it's hard to look back at that. Uh, Jalen last year, very good. I think that's debatable. Hassan Reddick, low-key, very good la- last year. But I just think it's tough to compare because of the the uh, position and importance and that type of stuff. Like how many guys have we seen as good as Joel in any sport in our like Philly lifetime?
1: Well, so the reason I went to Lindros is one – he was incredible at his peak
0: but also take your word for this yeah
1: the the rest of the sports they don't really play both sides of the ball football they definitely don't yeah baseball like bryce harper is a defender like nobody really cares about him right like you know nobody thinks about about him for defensive exploits or whatever um, I mean, Ryan Howard and Jimmy Rollins and Chase Utley, you could bring all them up at their peak. Obviously, Rollins and Howard won MVPs, even though Utley was probably the best overall player out of all of them. Mm-hmm. So it, it's why I default to Lindros because he won an MVP, and when he was at his best, he was just this overwhelming physical presence that made a difference offensively, defensively, power play, penalty kill. And that's what I think of with Joel, right? Like you, when you see him at his best, people just cannot stop him and he controls the game at both ends of the floor. And it's look, it's always an an inexact comparison when you're trying to go cross sport, but it's why I went there. And honestly, the, the horrible thing is that there are health concerns with both guys that that was really the only thing that stopped Lindros from being, you know, like a multi time MVP winner, or potential Stanley cup guys that his body just kept failing him. He skated with his head down and he suffered all these concussions. And, mm. you know, that was sort of the end of his dominance. And you hope that, you know, Joel maybe is at a point now where he knows his body better and he's able to play through this stuff. And he never really reaches, you know, the, the depths that Lindros hit when he was with the flyer. So, yeah, I mean, that's where my brain went. You could certainly bring up, there are lots of great individual seasons and, you know, athlete performances. Again, Iverson is another one in 01 where he's incredible. But well, to that point, it's that like, like
0: 22 years ago, which is yeah, humbling and, in a lot of ways. But <laughs> and even then they, you know,
1: they trade for they they got the defensive player of the year in the Kempe and they got all these right. other guys. And so it's like if you had Iverson scoring and then he was maybe not defensive player of the year level defender, but he's at least he's much closer to that than wherever iverson is on the defensive scale so it just makes it really hard to say who's the last philly athlete that we saw it you can basically only do basketball and hockey otherwise you have to say this guy was that good on offense that the fact that they don't play defense at all or are bad at defense or whatever just doesn't matter
0: well, and also, and honestly, you see this with the Phillies right now and the fact that their season's going to start and basically nobody's talking about the fact that Harper's going to miss half the year. Like it doesn't impact anybody's outlook on the season, right? Because as great as Harper is, he just, and look in the playoffs, he was unbelievable it's just really hard for one player to carry like the way Embiid can or the way a quarterback can, or apparently the way a hockey player can. Right. So it's just, it's way harder to do. And that's why I think that Harper's MVP season, which was I think only a few years ago, right? Two years ago, something like a couple that. years, yeah. First of all, he's only getting the MVP from half the league and that's not his fault, but it is what it is. Like Embiid would have multiple Eastern conference MVPs if that's how they handed it out in the NBA. Right. But also, is as, as great as Harper was a year, didn't even make the playoffs. Embiid might finish as the one seed. And I think, I think being a quarterback is the hot. I think hardest.
1: that ship has sailed, man. They're not passing the Bucks. You don't think the Bucks, so?
0: the Dude, Bucks have won 20 to the of 22 games. To pass the Celtics, too. Like when special things happen, special things happen. I am not ruling out them passing the Bucks. I'm not saying it, it, like we sat here on this pod a few weeks ago and said they're not passing the Celtics, right? they're tied with them like it's this is what a special season is so i agree it's unlikely like i'd put it like 35 40 but but it's not impossible it's not impossible
1: the bucks are 50 and 19 so they're three they're three ahead in the loss column the the bucks would have to lose four more games than the sixers in their last 13 games and i right, like that, that just doesn't pretty, that, that doesn't seem realistic
0: yeah that sounds pretty impossible i would agree yeah with that. yeah so but anyway to, to my overall point and i want to talk about the Cavs game but to wrap that up and unbelievable unbelievable season we haven't seen anything like this i hope everybody's really appreciating it i know again to to compare to my iverson thing i haven't enjoyed watching a sixers player in this team this much since 01. I just haven't. Like again, I got up at 3 a.m. this morning to do Eagles work. I couldn't get. I couldn't wait to get home to watch the game. I did the pods. I to talk about it. I just really hope people are enjoying it.